Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. One of the things I want to ask you, Dr. Copen, we there was an anticipation that maybe we would see a fall surge in COVID cases um, in time for Thanksgiving. What are you seeing in our area now? What, what can you tell us? Well, we are seeing a bump. There's no question about it. Uh, the number of new cases have increased. You know, after uh, watching the decline that made us so happy over a period really of two months, we kind of plateaued. Um, things were staying stable, and now we're seeing a bit of an increase. And this shouldn't surprise anybody. In our climate, we're now inside more. People are inside with a lots, with lots of people. Um, and we're going to see an increase. And indeed, we are. Um, with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, um, I think we'll likely, as we get into the end of November, into December, probably see, a, well, I would expect that we're going to see a bit more in, increase in the number of new cases that we have. Um, it, I just saw this, that there are, looking at the numbers, nearly a million kids, 5 to 11, have gotten the COVID vaccines in the United States breaking it down, 6,000 kids in the age group in the Chicago area. I know Chicago Public Schools tomorrow made it Vaccine Awareness Day, um, hoping that that might encourage folks to take that time out to do it. Are you hearing a lot of parents, you know, asking questions about this, um, trying to get to the bottom about whether or not it's the right choice for their kids? Uh, what, if so, have you heard, Dr. Copen? Yeah, so there's a lot of discussion. Um, parents are deciding whether they want to get their kids vaccinated. I, I hope that they decide to do so. I think this is a good idea. Yeah, I, I want to share with everybody that my seven-year-old granddaughter was vaccinated yesterday. So our, in our family, this, this is a decision we made. It's important. Um, and I hope other families make the same decision to get their five to 11-year-olds vaccinated. The vaccine is safe and effective in kids. Um, it why even take a chance with your child getting sick from this or giving the virus to an, another member of the family who might not be able to handle the viral infection as well, say, a six or a seven year old might be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard from listeners about the holidays. And I remember last time you were on this week, Tuesday, we had a listener call in and said, you know, I've got we're all vaccinated. There's one or two people who aren't and we're going to tell them they can't come. And, and I wondered later, I thought, well, you know, can you why wouldn't you do the testing route? You can is that a fair way to get around it? Do you think if you have members of your family who you normally have at your Thanksgiving table who aren't vaccinated, but you want you're uncomfortable with that? Would you go the testing route? Yeah, I, I, I think that is possible in the United States. We really have not yet gone to the testing route like they have in other places. It's it's still a problem, though. Um when there's one or two members of a family that is not vaccinated, it's really unfair to the rest of the family who is vaccinated. Uh, it, it would be far preferable that everybody be vaccinated. It is possible to get tested. Um, the, the rapid antigen testing, um, is, it, it's, it's accurate. Um, that would give a sense of security, particularly for somebody who is not vaccinated, who's asymptomatic, no symptoms of COVID, with a negative antigen test. But the best thing, and we'll keep saying this, is 
people should be vaccinated and the whole problem goes away. Mm -hmm. And then the at-home tests, are those effective? What do you know about, what can you tell us on those? Yeah, yeah. So these are the antigen tests, the ones that we can do ourselves at home. Um, They pick up on a protein that's on the virus um, and they would say whether the virus is there or not. It's not as effective a test, not as a... uh, is accurate at tests, both in a positive and a negative way, as the the PCR test, which is the one that has to be sent off to a lab. But it is a it is an effective way to do testing. Um, but again, I, if there's an immunosuppressed person in the family, an older person in the family, I, I would still be concerned about using the antigen test, the at home test to say I'm okay if I'm not vaccinated and then spend Thanksgiving dinner with that member of the family. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions coming in about booster shots. Always the case. Let's, um, can you have anything generally speaking to tell us before I get to the phones and your text questions? Yeah, I, I think the booster shots a good idea. Um, Pfizer and Moderna is going to go to FDA about getting the official approval for everybody over 18. I will tell you, Anna, I know that's going on already. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who don't fall officially into categories of um, people to get boost, approved um, booster categories who are already going in to get the boosters. And right. I think that's okay. There's plenty of vaccine for this. I think this is where we're going. I expect that we'll see the approval for pretty much everybody who wants to get a booster to get a booster. I think if you're thinking about getting a booster, um, just go get it. it. There's no reason to wait. It will, it, will, it will help your immunity. It will improve your immunity and just make you safer. And I saw Dr. Arwady even said, uh, Chicagoans over the age of 18 will not be turned away if you show up to get your booster shot, that there, there is enough there that it's okay. Okay, it's exactly what you're saying. It's okay to do that. Uh, Chris has a, a question for you, Dr. Copen. Go ahead, Chris. You're on WGN. Hi, Doctor. Hi, Anna. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I had the three series of the Moderna. I have my booster on September, October 22nd. 16 days later... Um, my face, my, my taste went off and my face, the left side of my face swelled up and it's almost like a little bit of Bell's palsy. I, I spoke to my doctor. She put me on an antibiotic and the Dextro. I can't think of the rest of the name for COVID. I've tested at home three times negative for COVID and I called Moderna and they said that there were cases in their clinicals where 95 people did have some kind of a reaction. Have you heard of anyone at all? How's that sound? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. Go ahead, Dr. Copen. Yeah, Chris. Um, yeah, it, whether this is connected to the, the vaccine is really interesting, particularly since it's 16 days later. That's late for a vaccine-related complication. So I I hope that you actually saw a physician because if there's a neurological problem that that you say looks like Bell's palsy, that really needs to be confirmed. Make sure that there make sure that there is an evaluation of what it is that's causing this neurological impairment, and um, because it could be something else. 
right? It might okay. not be related to the vaccine at all. And so I would, I, I would recommend that you actually see your physician for this and not be treated over the phone only. Certainly. I'm seeing her tomorrow. But uh, when I did speak with Moderna, they said that in their trials, this symptom occurred 20, 22, and 27 days out. So I, thought, I found that odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, so yeah. it is possible that it, it's a complication of the vaccine. Right, but right. But this, this Bell's palsy and similar types of phenomena are common uh-huh. enough that we see right. them having nothing to do with a vaccine. So that's why it's important to see your physician to try to sort this out. And it's good that you let Moderna know so this can be added to the database. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, make sure your physician knows to report this to the, there's a vaccine adverse event. She already already did. did. Yeah, yeah, I FaceTimed her yesterday, and I'm seeing her tomorrow morning. Chris, how are you uh, feeling? One of the quest- oh, go ahead. I feel fine. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be my sinus, a sinus infection. We're not quite sure, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, does Bell's palsy affect the taste and the tongue? Can my tongue be numb? Yeah, yeah okay. so you could, yeah, so it's it it could be the same nerves that are involved. That, yeah, uh, I'd be happy to have that. Yeah, having nothing to do with COVID. So I'm glad right. you're going to see your physician tomorrow. Sounds like of you're course. doing everything right, Chris. Thank you for the and thank I'm, you for the I'm call. Glad, and I'm glad we're wearing masks in case it is Bell's palsy. <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, I hope it gets better. That's a that's a positive way to look at it. Hey, Tim, let's hear from you. You got a question for Doctor Copen? Go ahead. You're on WGN. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. My, my my question is, I'm wondering if I should get the. Um, shingle shot prior to getting the booster because my wife got this uh, the uh, booster shot two days later she came down with shingles my uh, i have a co-worker that the exact same thing happened and according to my wife's doctor there's a growing number of people that are kind of seeing this it, it, it seems like it's not uh, it's, it's like a known a known side effect now that enough people are having it so i'm wondering if i should get the shingle shot first, wait a month, and then get the booster. Yeah, that's a good question. What do you think, Dr. Copen? So how long has it been since you had your second uh, your, your second injection of the COVID vaccine? Uh, it was uh, uh, mid-May. Mid-May. In the, okay, so it's six months. So you, you, that timing is correct. Um, all right, so here's the thing with the shingles vaccine. There's actually two doses that you need to get separated by three to six months. So when you get the first one, you'll have some immunity, but the full immunity doesn't really kick in until after you've gotten the second dose of the shingles vaccine. So I, you know, I guess what you could do, because this is going to be on your mind, go ahead and get the shingles vaccine, wait a couple of weeks, and then go ahead and get the booster. I think that I think that will work well for you, and it should decrease your concern about the possibility of having a shingles outbreak. It is well, one other question because I, I, apparently there is some medication you can take now after you get shingles, which which you have to take within I guess within three to five days of, of first symptom. Mm-hmm. It, it would would that be a more efficacious route in the event that I got it? And but I don't know if, if once you have shingles, can you get the shingle shot or is it too late? 
Yeah, so the, there's an antiviral medication that's been around now for a number of years that we use when people have a, a shingles outbreak. So that would be available for you. But obviously, the reason that we recommend the shingles vaccine is to avoid having a shingles outbreak at all, right? Yeah. But it, should you right. get it, should you get it, there is the, um, the antiviral medication available. Good luck with it, Tim. i got to try I, to take one more call here, if that's all right. Thank you. I'm just going to say, Dr. Copen, my husband had one of the worst cases of shingles ever. He is the ambassador for the shingles vaccine because mm-hmm. he's still three years later is dealing with eye pain and he wakes up with horrible pain in the morning because of getting a bad case of shingles. It's something that we all work for focus on COVID vaccines for good reasons, but I, I am a, a big proponent of that as well. Sean's got a quick question here. Let's try to fit Sean in uh, before we have to let Dr. Copen go. Go ahead, Sean. Hi, Dr. Copenhagen. I love your show. Um, you know, my company's mandating vaccines. I would already had it, but my wife is absolutely terrified about it, and that's what's been postponing it. I was just wondering, uh, I've had complications from the flu shot before. Every time I've gotten it, I've gotten sick. So I'm kind of a little scared. What, um, what, you know, what brand of vaccine do you recommend? For the flu shot? Is that the question? No, no, no. For the, for the COVID vaccine. Is there you one know, you prefer? Is the Pfizer, Moderna? Oh, I, I think either of them will be fine. Yeah, they um, okay. are both very effective. They're they're both safe. We now have tremendous experience, right? I mean, we've been doing this since December of last year, so it's coming up on a year. There have been billions, with a B, billions of people vaccinated around the world with both Pfizer and Moderna. So I, whatever is available, you, you could go ahead and have it. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Dr. Copen, so there's no one that for people who typically have reactions to vaccines that you would recommend over another? Is it, You know what I mean? In terms of protection, you might say all of them are fine. But is there for people who get reactions to vaccines, is there one you'd prefer? Unless there's a component in the vaccine that people know that they've had a reaction to in the past. And remember, on Tuesday, we talked about this um, this PEG stuff, polyethylene glycol, the the mRNA vaccine have. There's few, there are very rare people who have a real allergy to that, so they're going to want to avoid the mRNA vaccine. The other thing, Anna, is maybe well, we're we're not using that much Johnson and Johnson vaccine right now, but um, women under the age of fifty, maybe they should avoid that one because there's the rare case of that blood clotting disorder that we've seen. Um, but, you know, other than that, I think um, people can get the Pfizer or the Moderna, um, whatever's available at your local pharmacy or clinic. Good to know. And good enough, Dr. Copen. Thank you for staying late to take those extra calls from our listeners. We we always appreciate getting your advice on these kinds of things. It's, uh, you know, a lot of decisions to be made. And, um, and thank you for all you do for us. My pleasure, and everybody have a great day. Bye-bye. Dr. Jeffrey Copen is Chief Medical Officer in Northwestern Medicine Lake Forest Hospital, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care.